What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Arnie's. We are three guys clamoring for an elevator in the silo. I'm Matt Johnson, and I fell over and bumped my head after getting drunk on silo wine last night. I'm Keith Baker, and I'm surprisingly tan for living underground. And I'm Austin Terry, and I'm always down for a fun lantern lighting ceremony. On today's show, of course, we are covering the first three episodes of the new Apple TV Plus dystopian mystery show, Silo. In a toxic dystopian future where a community exists in a giant silo, hundreds of stories deep underground, 10,000 people live in a society full of regulations they believe are meant to protect them. But are they? And is the outside actually a better option? We have a great premise and a great cast with this show. And I want to know, is Silo looking to be another big hit for Apple TV Plus? We have a lot of them. Will this be another in a long line? We are three episodes in and we have seven to go. So there is still a lot ahead. But go ahead. Give us your non-spoiler thoughts on Silo. Yeah, I hands down believe this is another hit for Apple TV. Um, I was instantly hooked on this show. I started episodes one and two, could not wait for episode three to come out this week. I think the mystery is so interesting. The like just general vibe and atmosphere of the silo. I love every episode when we find out more and more how stuff works and how kind of society functions in this weird um, existence underground, but then also unsure of their own history. I think all the cast is fantastic, especially the various leads we've gotten in this show. It's just another Apple TV show where every week I get that kind of hit on Friday, like, oh, sweet, another silo episode is out, get to learn more about this mystery. Um, I think Apple TV is a great example of choosing to go quality over quantity because they still don't have the massive library that other streaming services do, but they just keep putting out hit after hit. And I think they very much so justify the cost of their monthly subscription with the quality of shows they keep putting out. Yeah, I think I'm going to pretty much just echo you, Austin. Uh, I'm loving the show so far. I was also instantly hooked from the get-go. Like you, love the cast, love all the characters. I love this this idea and this kind of sci-fi story. It's just one of those things you just can't wait to see what's going to happen um, and how it's going to play out. And I love that they're, I don't think it's too spoilery to say, they got some time jumps in this. And I think it flows really well. I mean, we've seen in other shows and other movies where they have some time jumps, uh, you know, flashbacks back and forth. It doesn't cut and edit so well. But this this show, they seem to do it effortlessly um, in a way that, that it flows well. So really enjoying that. And um, yeah, just excited to see more of it. And I'm kind of getting some like early 2000 TV vibes from the show of like kind of like a lost style mystery where that's what's kind of keeping me tuning in every week is to learn a little bit more about the situation these characters are in. Yeah, definitely. I can see that. Yeah, um, I'm in pretty much agreement, I think. I'm really, really liking the show so far. Really enthralled by what's going on. It kind of hooked me pretty quickly. The premiere I thought was especially good. Uh, Two, kept the flow going. And three, I thought overall was probably the weakest, but it has a great, great, great like middle section, which is just one of the most tense moments in TV in recent memory. So that was kind of enough to keep me interested and like super excited about what was going on. But yeah, I, I'm just in full, full agreement. They're playing with the mystery in a weird way. Like you said, it is very much like Lost and like Keith said with the flashbacks and kind of the way they're playing with that is that was something Lost always did where it's like, I don't know, they had a good way of like, there was a mystery in the present day, a mystery in the past, but they also like always influenced each other. So there's tons of great moments throughout all three episodes where they're like doing reveals and like twists and turns and like some of them happened in the past. But like we've already seen the present before that. So like it's like, oh, I guess I should have known that. But then like then you feel like an, an awe in the present after that. So it's like, wow, I'm like, this is really crazy how they kind of organize the story. And it, and it, make, it all makes sense. It flows very well. It's super easy to follow. So 
It gets high props from me. The production design is out of control. The cast is great. Just the look of it and the ambiance is like both eerie and strangely kind of inviting, even though it seems like a world yeah, that like, peaceful. why would you want to live in? But yeah, I guess it's because it's kind of peaceful in a weird way. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of feel like if I say any more, I'm probably just going to dip into spoilers. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to keep watching the show. Um, hadn't even really heard about it. And I always like worry with like some of the Apple TV projects that people I think love Ted Lasso. They'll check that out. But there's tons of other great stuff on there. We've said it a bunch of times. You have Shrinking, uh, Slow Horses, Severance, of course. So tons of great stuff. And I, and I think like Austin kind of alluded to, I think Silo is just another on the list of their hits. So got to check this one out. Um, another interesting thing about the mystery with this show is they do a, a weird thing in the first episode, or maybe it's the beginning of the second, where they kind of give you the answer to the mystery, but it, it does it in a way where you need the other characters to figure out that answer, and then there's something that could be beyond the answer to the original mystery. So I'm, that's what I'm along for the ride for, to figure out, okay, I think I know the answer, but what is the journey going to be for these other characters, and then what is that going to look like once we get beyond the current mystery? Yeah, for sure. I think... You know, we have 10 episodes, like we said, and we're only three in so far. I think so far they seem to be doing a good job of, you know, giving us obviously huge questions and giving us answers very periodically. But they're already giving us some answers. But kind of like you said, sometimes they're giving us half answers and there's clearly way more to that individual thing. And there's tons of other mystery elements that they keep introducing, but it never feels like too much. So I'm liking the balance of questions and answers and just like the flow of everything. So super excited. But. Kind of like it sounds like we're saying we're really teetering here. There's so much to talk about. Like I said, I don't know. I haven't heard too much about Silo from you guys, and I have one other friend that's watching it. So this gets big rec- a big recommendation. Crazy cast, great premise. Go check this out. Watch all the three episodes that are available now. Then come on back and listen to everything we have to say, because the rest of this episode is going to be all spoilers. And like, if you listen to anything without watching, I mean... You're going to be fucked right away because I think like the first question we ask, we're not going to be able to hold it in. We're just like, what would you think about this? And like and all that. So uh, go check it out and then come on back. Let's get into it. All right, guys. So let's go ahead and get started with spoiler territory with cast and crew as always. And this one, like we said, the cast, I mean, really great, but. Austin already said it. Apple TV, they're really going with quality over quantity. And I was pleasantly surprised to see the crew behind this because it's just a very interesting group. I mean, this is the kind of talent I want to see on these shows and just working today in general. So what do you guys got for me? Yeah. So like Matt alluded to, Silo is created by Graham Yost, who has some pretty interesting credits. Uh, He started his career writing action films like Speed and Broken Arrow. He then transitioned to Band of Brothers before sticking to the series format largely. He executive produced The Pacific, The Americans, Slow Horses, and created the hit show Justified. All three episodes so far have been directed by Morton Tildum. Uh, you may know him from The Imitation Game, Passengers, and Defending Jacob. He is also executive producing the series, but the first three are the only ones he will be directing. Our writers so far are Graham Yost, Jessica Blair, Cassie Papas, and Ingrid Escajeda. And our score for the show is composed by Alti Orbison. And of course, based on the Silo books, also known as Wool, um, it's a series of novels and short stories by Hugh Howie. All right. And going into our cast, we have Rebecca Ferguson as Juliet Nichols. And we got David Oyelowo as Holston Becker. Will Patton as Sam Marnes. Geraldine James as Mayor Johns. Ferdinand Kingsley as George Wilkins. Harriet Walter as Martha Walker. And we got Common as Sims. You may know him from John Wick 2 and one of my favorite shows, Hell on Wheels. Oh! 
Hell on oh, Wheels. Oh, we know, Keith. <laughs> I had a feeling you would be thrilled Common was in this show. <laughs> if I do remember correctly, you wanted to just start the hit podcast, The Common Cast. Yes. Yeah. Still <laughs> wow. want to start The Common Cast. <laughs> and we got Sophie Thompson as Gloria, Shane McRae as Knox, Billy Possawait as Deputy Hank, and we got Rashida Jones as Allison Becker, and Tim Robbins as Bernard. All right, guys, there's our cast and crew. Any positives, any negatives, what do we got? I'm going to give my highlight to Rashida Jones as Allison Becker. I thought she carried the premiere very well, um, kind of invited you into this mystery, and you got to um, discover the mystery of the silo in the past before it alongside her character, which I thought was a good way to get the audience invested in the show. And it was just really fun to watch her discover the mystery alongside George and then see George carry that mystery on to Rebecca Ferguson's character. So overall, I thought Rashida Jones is a great entry point for the show. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of the cool thing about that character is based on what we know, I mean, she kind of may just be an entry point character. We may never see her again. She may be dead. Maybe. like I don't know. So like, but they did like a really great job of setting up that chain of events, like you said. Um, God, it's so hard for me. Uh, pretty much like all the cast and crew. Gets. Everybody kills it. They're so good. Yeah. I mean, the writing and directing, of course, I thought was particularly good. The way it was put together by presumably Graham Yost, who created it. Also great. I'm going to call it somebody from the cast. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll, I'll take the easy one, mainly because clearly the vibe I'm getting is this is going to be like a huge ensemble show with Rebecca Ferguson leading it. Um, and three episodes in, we've gotten like glimpses at some of these like side characters. I mean, my guess is we're going to see a lot more of them in the future. So it's hard to say. Like, I love Tim Robbins. I mean, he was good, but he's probably been in like three or four scenes so far. So I'll stick with Rebecca Ferguson. I'm really liking her as the lead character. I kind of like the switcheroo because I just assumed that Rashida Jones and David Oyelowo would be the main characters. But at least where we're at now, at the end of episode three, I'm kind of feeling like it's her. And, and I just really like Rebecca Ferguson a lot and pretty much everything I've seen her in. I think she's a great lead in this, like a commanding presence, an interesting character. I like the background they set for her, somebody that came from up top and is now working like at the very bottom, like running the generator and stuff. Very cool. And I like where they're going with that character. And performance is great. Um, I was laughing at a couple scenes because her British accent was coming through and I was like, that's a funny accent. She sounds Scottish sometimes. Yeah. Actually, she might be Scottish. I, I'm not actually not 100% sure what her background is. Uh, definitely not American. Um, but then they introduce that Ian Glenn, a.k.a. Jorah Mormont, is her dad, the doctor, and he does the most horrendous American accent I've ever seen. So I was like, oh, OK. So she's just <laughs> emulating his kind of weird accent, too. So you know what? I'm all in. But anyway, yeah, Rebecca Ferguson, she was great. Um, I'll go ahead and shout out kind of next to Austin's uh, highlight. Um, Rashida Jones's character's other half, uh, which is Holston Becker by David Ayelowo. I thought he was great. This character is really interesting. I like that he's kind of like a no-nonsense sheriff. Like, you can tell he's really good at his job. Like, even when it comes to his wife, he still, like, kind of, like, rides the fence as far as, like, being personal with her, but also trying to do his duty as the sheriff of over all of this place of 10,000 people. You can tell he's pretty beloved, too, like, in the community. Yeah, he's just, you can tell, like, the mayor respects him, his other deputies respect him. He's he's not somebody who uh, cuts corners. He's kind of a boy scout with it he does not stray uh from from his job at all you can tell but then obviously you know as he thinks that his his wife's theories and all that are not going to get the best of him it eventually does um and he has to go find out for himself so i like i like that i liked his turn for sure um and i definitely liked the emotional like um departure from his wife too whenever she does end up having to to uh, go out of the silo so i thought he played it really well and i hope we do see his character again 
And yeah, Keith, I guess that's a good place to start our broader discussion. Um, let's start with going outside. So we do have Allison go outside and presumably die in the first episode. And then we have Holston Becker follow her outside, um, say she was right, and then he dies as well. Um, so I want to start there, I guess, which what do you think is happening outside? I guess, do you think these characters are actually dead? Do you think there could be more beyond this? Um, my theory is the higher up people in the silo, the judicials, are gassing the people through their helmets. So I do think Allison is dead, but I think since Holston took his helmet off, I think there's a chance he lived because he kind of got away from the gas. I'm not sure about Allison dead. Maybe this is something you guys caught that I didn't. But whenever Holston does go outside and he does take his helmet off and he does see that it's actually green pastures and not and not some dead world, I don't remember seeing Allison's body straight ahead whenever he was looking. There were no up bodies the in the there green was no bodies. world, yeah. Yeah, so... But maybe but right on the Austin, camera there was. But the camera there was, so it's like they're they're like they're CGIing these people falling down shortly after they go outside. I guess. Yeah, I mean, this opens Pandora's box. I mean, there's so many questions. Um, to Keith's point uh, during the cast, I think there's no way we don't see David Oyelowo again. I'm not saying that he survived the outside, but there's clearly just a lot. There's a period of at least a year or two that we haven't seen of Holston Becker, which is him leaving Juliet Nichols after they go see the digger underground. He's like, I'll give you a sign. I'll be in touch. And then years pass. And then he just randomly is like, I want to get out. I'm going outside. Um, and then she, Juliet Nichols was like, he lied to me. But then it, he gives her he gives her the sheriff badge and it says truth on the back. That's the sign. So basically, there's a couple of years where he was investigating and he clearly found something out that made him want to go outside. And it, like I said, it opens Pandora's box because why would you take if, if you if you lived your entire life in this silo? I understand like you get outside and you're like, like kind of like, whoa, I'm weary. All of a sudden I'm coughing. I don't think anybody's immediate reaction would be to take their helmet off. So my wonder is, did he know that maybe he could? Did he see a video like Allison did of somebody without a helmet out there? And he's like, maybe this is something I should do. Um, so I was wondering about that. I'm also so curious about the tech. Of what they're doing, because like you said, Keith, it's to some degree or another, they're CGIing bodies because either in the visor and the helmet when you walk outside in the greens in like in the green pasture, either they're somehow removing the bodies from there. But it also begs the question, how do the people in the cafeteria look out into like a dead world and they see the bodies and they see like they see Alice and they see Holston moving, but. From the cafeteria perspective, they're seeing an apocalypse. And from Holston and Allison's perspective, they're seeing green. So how are they moving in a different landscape? Is it VR? I, I don't know. Like tons of questions about all that. I, so my, my thing is I just don't know about the outside yet. I think I kind of lean towards you, Austin. My ultimate guess is that I don't think either is true. Uh, we see the glitch in the screens during the blackout. I don't think this crazy fucked up post-apocalypse with bodies that they're showing is real but i also just with how saturated the green pasture like wow it's so perfect there's something off about that i don't think that's real either my guess is it's something in between or something completely different but what i do agree with is they're clearly whether it be judicial or someone else they are gassing these people as they're leaving i think they want them to think they're seeing the green so that they clean the camera because that lets everybody inside know that they should stay inside, right? Uh, but then they get to have their cake and eat it too by gassing them and ensuring that these people die to prove a point, I guess. So 
I still don't know, but I think because he took his helmet off, you might be right that maybe we see him down the road on the outside. I'm not sure. Yeah, because they do say they've never seen somebody take their helmet off before. So that was the thing that stood out to me there. I'm also wondering if is the world that vibrant and green and bright because humanity is not living on the surface anymore, like to the scale they may be used to. So maybe the Earth has come back a little bit. So maybe maybe nobody was expecting the Earth to survive whatever happened before they went underground. And now that no one's been there, like deteriorating it, maybe it has come back and it is that vibrant and green and just nobody knows that they could come back out and start a new society yet. Yeah, whatever happened, the question is how much notice was there? Because we saw the size and scale of that digger that dug this entire thing. That's not something they could have done and then just like closed a hole. <laughs> like they clearly dug that, put what they whatever they said, like 30 feet of cement on top of it, built this society, put people in it and then closed it. <laughs> so it's like, what? whatever happened? Like how much notice did they have? Like, yeah, it begs a lot of questions. I don't know. I mean, so they, they said the Freedom the freedom Day, it was the anniversary of 140 years when they had the rebellion of people trying to get out and break the silo door or whatever. So that's 140 years we already know in the silo, but how many years was the silo there before that 140-year mark before of the Before the rebellion, yeah. Yeah, so it could have been 100 years or 200 years or maybe 50 years. Um, so like going back to your point, Austin, if humanity has not touched Earth in 200 plus years, then yeah, maybe it is that that vibrant outside where all the, the natural grasses and birds and trees and everything just in lushness takes over. I think when he takes his helmet off, though, isn't doesn't he see the, the bright greenness so or is that before he takes his helmet say, off? He, that's a good point. That was what I was talking about in the non-spoilers. It was like how they handle questions and answers. So I was surprised, like, also when episode two starts and, like, he's already walking outside and it's like, oh, he's in his helmet. He's seeing all the green. There's no bodies. This is great. And he's feeling and he so happy. he says you were right. You were right, Allison. Then he's, of course, like, I'm going to go clean the camera now because, you know, she did the same thing. That was her sign to me that it's all good. And he's like smiling. And then as he walks away, he starts to stumble a little bit. And then it's like, OK, I think they were gassed. I think they were gassed. And then he takes off the helmet. And every single scene, I watch it back, every single scene that we see with him with the helmet off where it's like on his face, it's just on his face. So we don't see yeah. anything behind him like we see the people in the cafeteria watching him like without a helmet but they're seeing a screen anyway so it's hard to tell but everything from his pov is just on his face and we don't know what he's seeing did he take his helmet off and then all of a sudden he sees his wife's body and is that why he crawls in that direction i don't know so still so many questions like they gave us an answer but then they kind of inserted a question in that answer which i thought was kind of cool yeah, I thought that was cool too. I, I think the the main thing I want to know in regards to Holston is he already knew that his wife gave him the signal that he should go outside. So I'm not too worried about what he learned that caused him to go outside. What I want to know is what did he learn that made him decide when he got outside he was going to take his helmet off. So we touched on this a little bit in the intro, but let's get into kind of just the general setting of the silo. I, I know we said it's kind of peaceful, but there is still that kind of unsettling vibe to it. What do you guys think of this setting and like, how does it look? How does it feel? Things like that. Like we said, it's 144 floors, I think, right? No elevator. So when people talk, when people uh, need to interact and, and get around there, they got to like set aside time to go visit other floors. They got to like set aside a whole day because it's going to be like a day's hike. And I still want to know, and that brings up another question. It's like, why is there no elevator? But they have a generator that powers their lights and, and oxygen and, and AC and, and all the other mechanics and that they're using in there. So why is there no elevator? I think no elevator is a little bit on, we might learn this, but I think 
no elevator could be on purpose just to keep the various groups of people somewhat separate. Mm-hmm. Like it, there is a time spend if you want to go up or maybe if there was going to be an uprising, they knew it would take time for people to get up the stairs. So it could be it could just be another like security measure to keep people in check. Yeah, that's true. Because we know the rebellion, quote unquote, won, but we don't know what the previous iteration was. Like, it seems like on Freedom Day, they're saying, this is great. The rebellion won. And here we are. But then it's like, well, they erased the history. So like, what were the rebels fighting against? What were they trying to repel? Was it better before? What's it like now? But yeah, maybe somehow they won. And I can't, I, I don't know. I mean, the silo is so questionable like did they ch- make changes then like was it different before but the i guess you're right i guess the idea of like no elevator and kind of keeping groups separate does actually make a ton of sense um because it, it just inhibits people from <laughs> enacting plans or even needing to come up with pan- plans easily which is kind of cool but yeah going back to like the the oh, the question there uh yeah the silo itself is just so cool it's just such a cool setting for a show um i kind of got lost in it too because at times I was like watching these characters and I, I kept forgetting that they're not people that, you know, were living on Earth or whatever and experienced some apocalypse and then had to go underground and like, these are the 10,000 people that made it. It's like, no, no, th- these are the descendants of people that came there 140 years ago, plus let's just call it at least 200 years ago. So these are like generational, like multi-generational descendants of people. So they've always been here. They know nothing else. So. It's just such a cool element. I kept forgetting that while watching. I thought that was such a cool element, like watching people kind of conform to the society in this kind of mundane life. But like we all we've all kind of said that there is a peaceful element to it. It kind of seems to work. Um, But, yeah, I think you're right. Austin. I think even though it does have that, hey, you know what? This is kind of crazy that we're doing this, but it's not so bad. There's definitely some nefarious things going on. I think even obviously like some more overt things like the judicial system seems the most clear. There's something fucked up going on there. Even people in places of power like Bernard, for example, maybe taking that position uh, too seriously and kind of embracing the power might be involved in power grab. But then you also have more subtle things and maybe it's something as subtle as like, well, let's just, you know, make it X amount of floors, which will make it impossible for anything bad to happen to people up top because people down there, I mean, it's going to take them at least a day to get up here. So we'll have time to figure it out. So... I don't know. Yeah, it's super interesting. I got to think that there's another shoe that's going to drop because the first three episodes have been like, okay, there's obviously some conspiracy stuff here, but the day-to-day life that we've seen so far seems peaceful. It's Parts of it kind of even seem like a fun existence. Um, so I'm wondering what we're, what else we're going to learn. Like So far, we haven't seen anything that seems so bad about living in the silo, but we still have seven episodes left. So I'm sure there's going to be something else we learn that people in power are doing that's fucked up. And I have also been surprised at how they do talk about like the people above or the mid or the people below, but it doesn't really seem like there's like a, a class system. Like it doesn't seem like anybody is truly unhappy in their roles. Like Juliet even says like everybody thinks their role is the most important in the silo, but mine actually is. So even the people like down below, it doesn't seem like they resent the toppers. It just doesn't seem like they see the different divisions very often because of the way the silo is uh, spread out. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. It's not a traditional class system. I do think there is one. It's just it seems like unlike a lot of other pieces of media, everybody seems to be content <laughs> in theirs. Yeah. Because it's like, I mean, the people at the bottom are clearly living, it seems like a life with less resources. It's dirtier. It seems more compact. The jobs down there, 
while more essential, are also way more grueling and very different from the up top. So it's definitely a class system. But I but I'm with you. I kind of like that. Seems like they're not bothered by that. It's kind of yeah. That's how I was going to say. I guess I guess what it seems like is I guess what I'm getting at is it, it doesn't seem like those characters we see in the bottom resent the fact that no. they're in the situation. It still seems like they're happy. Kind of getting the vibe so far, just three episodes in, without even having seen any of them, that you don't want to, you know, mess with judicial because they'll probably push you off a balcony like they did to George. <laughs> Which makes me question, like, the mayor's role in all this. Because she's clearly doesn't seem like she's in on any conspiracy. She, she just seems like she wants the best for the people and she's, like, just in charge of, like, management. Yeah, she seems like she's the decision maker for the everyday people. But I wonder if she is unaware of how much judicial may be pulling her strings. Kind of the vibe I'm getting. I mean, we don't know the ins and outs of the governmental body yet. It's like, is the head of judicial the quote unquote president of the silo? Because if that's the case, then they would obviously outrank a mayor, you would think. Or in this role, is the mayor the highest ranking person? And if so, that's almost even scarier because somebody was able to kill her. I mean, I'm I'm feeling pretty confident that, you know, she's dying from whatever happened there. That was done pretty easily. And if she's like the highest ranking person, it makes me even more scared of what this governmental body is capable of or whoever did it. But I'm assuming they're connected to that body in some way. You think there's a chance she killed herself? Mm. No, I don't think so. Based on the way that scene played out, she was kind of making like Sam Marnes comfortable telling him to grab some bottles of wine. And then she went to the bathroom and locked the door. And it kind of seemed like she knew she was. It, I was reading that scene as it seemed like she knew she wasn't going to make it out of there. Hmm. Hmm. I thought she was poison because while she was talking to him, just the way the actress, Geraldine James, performed it, it just she seemed like all of a sudden that she was like lightheaded and like she wasn't speaking and completely normally. I think she realized, oh, I don't feel well. I need like, let me go to the restroom and figure this out. She just didn't seem surprised to me. I mean, I guess would any of us be like, I, I guess she probably just felt like, whoa, I'm getting like vertigo or like something. I'm like dizzy all of a sudden. Let me go. I like, get some water. Um, and like, you know, close the door because like, I'm, I like this guy. I don't want to like <laughs> embarrass myself. And then it sounds like we heard a crashing sound. And to me, it looked like the blood was all coming out of her mouth. So it, to me, it's, it, it screamed that she was poisoned by somebody. And there was lots of conversations about her water bottle that, you know, she and Sam, like, you know, kept drinking from at some point. So it was like, was she poisoned somehow? Was a bottle swapped by one of these porters walking by? Like could have been anybody. So, um, that's, I read it as poison, but who knows? I'm just wondering if she felt some sort of guilt for her role in Becker and Allison's death. And so she, you know, paid that debt to him by getting Juliet Nichols in place as sheriff and then decided to kill herself. Maybe. But I just felt like it was genuine when she was saying that she was also kind of feeling ready to retire with him. And clearly they've had a long history and it seems like there's more to it that we don't know about. To me, it would be weird that she would then do that. But yeah, it's it's possible. But again, like I said, it just... Based on the comments about the water bottle, like whenever he's like, oh, wow, it seems like your water bottle's like leaking or something. And then like they have a confrontation with Bernard as they're walking up and there's porters going by. There's that weird porter during the blackout that's like, help. And then they never show him again. <laughs> I was like, how, why is that guy screaming for help now all of a sudden? It's, it's been blacked out for a while. Like there was enough like weird stuff going on that I was like, I feel like she was poisoned. And like, like I said, I like the blood was coming out of her mouth, which so I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out next episode. That's going to have to be like the immediate thing. Juliet Nichols is literally in the process of walking upstairs to take her job as sheriff. She's going to walk in and it's like, 
your first job is figure out her murder <laughs> or suicide, I guess. Well, that kind of takes us into Juliet now being our main character. So let's get into her a bit more. Um, she kind of gets thrown into this conspiracy as well. Um, obviously, she is the person that keeps degenerating, the generator running for the silo. She's a little bit more rough around the edges than some of our other characters. So what are your thoughts on her now kind of being our main passage through the rest of the show? Like, I liked her, like we talked about earlier, her line that her job is the most important because it's keeping the life support on and that she would only, only take the, uh, uh, the sheriff's job unless she knew it was fixed. But I mean, if you want to go into even further as far as like what she knows about the conspiracy, we can talk a little bit about her time with George um, down under like the, uh, the silo. Yeah. And what was the implication with that? Because her, her mom and brother died. Maybe I missed it, but were they were, were they trying to connect that to water somehow? Did they drown? But I was like, where did they where would they drown in the silo? But either way, I think they had her um, do that crazy stunt in episode three, where she goes in that hole and sprays the water on the. That was so th- intense. It was intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was like, shouldn't she be like, shouldn't this water be boiling? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I so was too. like, clearly, <laughs> you know, this is probably a way to get her to start thinking about going back down uh, to that other body of water. But yeah, I- I'm with you. I mean, the conspiracy involving that was super interesting. Another great way the show played with time, kind of kind of going back and forth and revealing the extent of uh, Juliet and George's relationship, I thought was very sweet. Um, I like George a lot. I just kind of like what, you know, he just wants to figure it out. And what he's trying to figure out, I'm not sure. They showed him looking at like a classified tunnel with Alice, and it seems like they're implying that that's what he thinks is in the water. So I'm very curious to see Juliet maybe go back down there and figure out what it is. I, I love the reveal that she kept the bottom half of the note, which basically says that he did find what um, he was looking for, which he promised to only tell her after he had gone into the water and figured it out. So it's like, what the fuck is down there? Like, I have no idea. But it is compelling to see this huge thing that dug the silo. There's a huge body of water under it. And maybe there's a tunnel with a door down there. I don't know. Yeah, he's kind of like an interesting spin on this type of character because it doesn't seem like he has a major conviction like against the leadership or anything like that. It just seems like he really believes he's being lied to and wants to figure out what else there is. But it, it also didn't seem like he was going to cause like an uprising or anything like that. It just honestly just seemed like he was curious. Yeah, I'm just I'm just loving the pairing of her and George because his curiosity has now transitioned to her curiosity and wanting to find the truth. And like the reveal of like, Holson Becker, a guy that hadn't talked to her since they were both down there, is gone, probably dead, at least in her eyes, um, feels that he lied to her, but then drops the bomb. The mayor comes down to drop the bomb on her that he was uh, her pick for sheriff. So, like, tying that curiosity, her wanting to find the truth, now she's the sheriff of this place, like, it just makes for such a compelling character. And going back to what we said earlier, like, the fact that she has this background of somebody from pretty high up with a very respectable father, which is very important in a place like this. And then she made the choice at 13, I believe they said, to go all the way down from there, live and work in mechanical, run the generator, and hasn't really gone back since. Um, I like that her friend was not even talking about the share position. She was like, whenever you go up there, you're going to have a lot to kind of, uh, you know, rectify in your mind. And, and uh, Juliet was like, yeah. So just like a super compelling, well-written character. One that I'm very much rooting for. One that I want to figure out this mystery. Um, one that I didn't think was the main character going in. So it's just a, it's a crazy, <laughs> just, yeah, just great way to do it. It seems like she's going to be 
I bet she's going to be really good at the job just because of her experience and background. But I'm wondering how much of her time is because she's clearly not invested in being sheriff. She's invested in figuring out whatever it is that Becker found out. I wonder how much of a conflict there's going to be with her and the rest of the kind of deputy group of how invested is she actually in being sheriff or just trying to figure out her own stuff? Yeah. I mean, going back to what you said earlier, Matthew, with her pairing up with Marnes, I feel like she's definitely going to turn him in the way of the conspiracy and they're maybe going to have to try to, you know, coincide doing their jobs with also figuring this thing out. And then, like you said, Austin, and how is that going to collide with the judicial or maybe the if if the mayor dies, the new appointed mayor. Is the new appointed mayor going to be somebody that judicial thinks is obedient, you know, uh, and it's going to follow the so, right yeah. path? Or is the mayor elected here? I don't know. Like, I don't know how it works yet. And I wonder if I wonder if she'll discover that the mayor was murdered and that that's how she'll turn Mards to her case. Yeah. I also just like the idea that it seems like um, Becker found out something and the only way for Juliet to find out that same thing to find the truth, as he put it, is to he she has to have the clearance of sheriff for whatever reason. Yeah. So I like that idea. It's like he was like, OK, I was able to find this out because, you know, people aren't going to question me. Uh, so the only way that I can pass on that information that she's looking for that will kind of break this whole thing open is she has to be sheriff. So I got to make her sheriff and then go outside. <laughs> so just, yeah, super compelling. Which is also him still playing it by the books, too. Yeah, so one thing we need to do kind of touch on, we might have touched on it a little bit. When the power does go out, there's a glitch in the screen for like a brief second uh, going from the apocalyptic world to the, the green pastures world. And some of the people in the silo see it. Like not everybody was looking at the same time. And everybody's kind of like, whoa, what was that? Yeah, it was so fast. Like what are they supposed to really do with that? Yeah, they, they don't know anything else. But yeah, that's to me that also kind of um, part of me was like, how cool would it have been if we never saw, if we only saw... um. Like a like a camera on David Oyelowo's face as he was walking out the whole time. We never saw anything else. And like the first glimpse of like potentially green there is just when there's like a glitch on the screen. I was like, that would have been crazy. But anyway, I ended up liking it. But yeah, when the glitch happened, that, that made me feel even more that both this like dead, you know, body filled world that they're looking at and the green is fake. Because to me, it, it almost seemed like you're like in the old days, you're just like flipping through channels really quick. It seemed like they were on one, like the fucked up one. They they switched to the green, but it also looks fake. And then they just like skip to another one. Then it goes off. I was like, huh. It all just looked, looked fake to me. It just looked like screens that they were projecting something on. But I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting if anybody, like any one of those people that happened to be in that room, do they bring that up to anybody? Do they bring it up to Julia because they feel more comfortable with her because they're she's more like them? I don't know. Um, but that was a crazy moment for sure. Yeah, I wonder if that may have just been for the audience of this show, because uh, I don't remember there being any major or minor characters that we know in that room. As of right now, I think it could have just been a tease for us to keep us more interested in the outside, but I'm not sure if it'll come up from any other characters in the show, because all of the important ones so far at least weren't in that room watching the screen. Yeah, I think maybe it's something that's going to si- maybe like sink in with the, uh, the silo residents for a while. Yeah, could it lead to another rebellion, maybe? You know, do seeds of distrust get planted? You know, Holston Becker found out some semblance of truth but didn't tell anybody and then he just passed on sheriff to Juliet does Juliet find out something and does she feel more compelled to let the people of the silo know what she found out if she can prove it maybe uh maybe that leads to another rebellion i don't know yeah so i think maybe the glitch was more emblematic of that where it could just be kind of planting maybe like these small seeds of doubt amongst people of the silo 
We'll have to see. It's now on Juliet to figure it out. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, before we close out here, I mean, we're kind of talking about the outside a lot, you know, that little glitch in the screen, all these crazy moments. But before we fully close out, um, any other thoughts, maybe theories or just general hopes for the rest of the season? Because we're in a position where we have a lot left, uh, still over two thirds of the season to go. So tons more reveals, I'm sure. I'm sure we're going to get tons more questions along the way. What are you guys hoping for or expecting? Yeah, I... um. I'm just excited for more of this mystery. I know that sounds simple, but episode three almost feels like it could have been a penultimate episode before a finale, um, but we still have seven left. So there's clearly a lot more story left to be told. Um, I just wonder how much time is actually going to be spent with Juliet as sheriff. Um, Does this round of characters that we know end up dying as well? And then there's a new group that gets past the mystery on. I have no clue what to expect, but it kind of feels like we know the general outlines of this mystery and there's just like tinier questions we need answered. So. I'm just excited to see her kind of figure it out. And I want to know what Becker learned and if any of these people that went outside are potentially still alive. Yeah, same. I'm kind of with you, though. Like after I finished episode three, I felt like I had just finished almost a whole season of this show. It feels like it was just a lot yeah. a lot thrown at you and a lot of content, but it all flowed really well. Um, but yeah, it was just a lot, a lot to take in. So I'm yeah, I'm excited to see what they can do with seven more episodes. I, I mean, I can't even imagine. But I'm definitely excited to see what the agenda is of keeping these people in the silo. I want to know if what the history is like beyond the silo, like on earth, what happened to earth to make them even get into this place hundreds of years ago? You know, was it a nuclear Holocaust? Was it like a virus? Um, They're being told it's poisonous gas out there. So what led to the silo in the first place? So yeah, just excited to see how it all plays out. Yeah. I'm really curious just um, to discover more about the hierarchy and the history and the agendas, like you guys said, of things going on in the silo. There's still tons to figure out there because people are kind of dying left and right, not even on the outside, on the inside. So there's clearly something going on. I have I have the feeling that it has to do with people in power, maybe going for these higher positions like mayor, like sheriff. We didn't even really talk about the fact that there's this other like apparently strong candidate for sheriff that both judicial and Bernard head of IT want Billings or Billingsley, something like that. You have to imagine that's a character we find out something about. Does that become a big character? And is it there a rivalry? I have no idea. Why does everybody like this person? <laughs> um, so there's just tons of things to what's going on in the present day of the silo that I'm very curious about. Also, like you guys said, very intrigued about what's been going on in the past and how this even got here. And yeah, and where it goes. Like, do we see some of these characters that we think are potentially dead? Do we see them pop up again? Is there hope for them? And if there's hope for them, maybe there's hope for our characters in the current silo to get out and maybe find them. I don't know what that would even look like or mean going forward in a future season. I don't know what that would lead to, but I'm very curious. Um, I think like kind of to close, the best thing I could really say is like watching these episodes, my mind was really running the gamut. Uh, I think especially whenever I got to the point where I was like, I don't believe this green thing that they're seeing this is just something they're somehow putting into the visor i don't i don't buy this uh, but i also don't buy the fact that it's just a completely barren world and you know when you walk outside you just die uh, i think they're being poisoned to some degree but i still i think there might be hope but like i said th- the best thing is my mind once i once i came to that point i couldn't stop thinking about it for the rest of episode two and three i was like all right what's going on here like what's the craziest thing i can think of um are they like was this supposed to be like a space colony that like went to Mars and they like were digging to create some type of colony 
and then something went wrong. They left. Everybody on Earth thought they died, so the history was just basically lost. Are they going to walk outside and realize they're in space or something? I was like, are they going to walk outside and like there's going to be like this like big audience clapping for them and like the big reveals? This was just like a Truman Show type experiment. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Is this just some big elaborate experiment and they were trying to see how long people would stay in there and now it's just been generations and generations and society is fine outside? Yeah, like a social experiment, basically, just so people can watch what happens. And like, it, it could be anything. So my mind was racing throughout the entire thing because, like, at first I was like, okay, so is it post apocalyptic or is it actually nice outside? And they're just wanting to keep people in this silo for some reason by convincing them that it is bad out there. Uh, but once I kind of decided that I didn't like either, I'm not sure if it is as simple as that. I was like, oh man, it could be anything. <laughs> so I'm excited about that idea. I like the idea that they could just all be a laughing stock for the people outside. Like, oh, those crazy silo people, they're uh, they're just kind of stuck in there. They've been in there for hundreds of years. Yeah, because it's like no one's no one, as far as I know, has tried to breach the door from the outside. You know, no one's walking down the stairs and getting trying to get through the airlock and all that. It just doesn't make sense why there's no history. I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just completely baffling based on them being down there for maybe a couple hundred years, maybe a little bit more. This rebellion happened, and for some reason, one, either that party or the party that was being rebelled against decided to delete everything. It's like, I just, I don't understand who wins in that situation. So the fact that like there's no history makes me think it's because there's something maybe more nefarious going on on the outside about people aware of what they're doing. I don't know. Yeah. And even if the history was deleted, do you think there would be some historical tales told yeah, down from anything. generation to generation? Like, <laughs> yeah, my granddad said that, you know, the silo came from these people. And then he's, his granddad said that, you know, the silo know, started right? because of the nuclear there's holocaust. Nothing, like, you, there's no history passed down at all to these people. So the, all the history they knew was on files. And that's it. Like, oh, I guess we don't know anything about ourselves. You know? Yeah. They, they got, <laughs> so they got I'm deleted. I'm curious about that. I want to know more about that. Well, one day we'll get the answers to these mysteries. But all we know is today is not that day. Today is not that day. Ooh. All right, guys. Uh, before My we grandpappy once told me about a famous actor named Vin Diesel who starred ah! in the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> Zin. God, he should play the head of the judicial. Uh, before we close out, of course, it's time to do our Arnie's Podcast Awards. This is the part of our show where we take something from the thing that we're watching. Could be positive, could be negative, or something in between. Just something that we think deserves specific praise. Guys, what do you got for me today? Yeah, I'm going to give an award that I know is very near and dear to my friend Matt's heart. Um, I will be giving the best head of hair award to Billy Postulate as Deputy Hank. That guy just has so much hair. And I just want him to have more scenes and more dialogue because I like looking at his hair. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, I got to say. Definitely the best hair in the silo. Did you, did you uh, remember the scene where they kind of say if he became sheriff, you'd have to cut his hair off? You remember uh, that? Oh, okay. so yeah, you can't do that. That's definitely why he can't, he do, can't that. do it. He doesn't want to do that. I'm only tuning in to see his hair every week. <laughs> <laughs> My award has a long title. It's called, I get it, but you were a little intrusive, but ultimately it worked out. So I guess I can forgive you, but don't do it again. Be careful award. And that goes to Will Patton as Sam Marnes. Um, because look, guys, it worked out in the end. He was able to get to his love, Ruth, who was dying in the bathroom. So it worked out and we forgive him for doing his job. But at the same time, she went to the bathroom, closed the door told him beforehand to grab a bottle of wine. He walks over, waits two seconds, knowing that she's in the bathroom and says, hey, Ruth, which one should I get? And then just keeps talking to her, starts like laughing to himself weirdly. And is like, maybe I'll grab a couple. <laughs> and then like makes like a flirtatious <laughs> joke. And it's like, 
So she died, so ultimately it's okay that you broke the door down. But let's just let's just like pull it back on your next love interest that will probably be poisoned by somebody high in power. Because you can't talk to somebody in the bathroom like when they immediately walk into it. <laughs> yeah, what if she was just taking like a really tough shit and just couldn't answer the question? <laughs> and started bleeding from the mouth. <laughs> I'm gonna give the silo easy job award to these suit fitters. The people that were putting on their suits before they go out of the silo. Is that their only job? Is just to fit these, like the one person that leaves per like every five years? Also, why was Bernard complaining about Juliet stealing all that tape, calling her a thief when apparently they waste all this tape wrapping up suits for people that are going to die five seconds after walking outside? (laughs) (laughs) How about that, Bernard? Why do they give them the suits if their punishment is death? Exactly. Why why send them out there with the suits? Because they're poisoning them. They got to gas them. It's got to be. I don't know yet. We're going to so find it, out. It is an important job, Keith, because they're making sure that they're getting gassed. How many credits do you think you get paid to do that job? At least 10. <laughs> Maybe 12. How many credits do you think a cheeseburger is in the silo? That's got to be 12. Right? <laughs> 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 Buy some one cheeseburger per they year. Kill, they gas one person and get one cheeseburger. That's how you do it. All right, everybody. So with that, thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we would appreciate that. So continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts truly does help us out. At the Arnie's is our social, and the Arnie's.media is the website. We'll be back next Tuesday for another episode. And last week, we put out our thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Marvel is back with another hit at the box office. Um, we all had varying thoughts on how much we liked it, but if you want to hear us break that movie down, be sure to go check that episode out. And lastly, we want to hear from you, so please send us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us thearniesmedia at gmail.com. What did you think of Silo so far? What are your hopes for the rest of Season 1? Anything you say, we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. That's right, everybody. Please let us know what you think of this one. Uh, and check out this show if you haven't. Although, if you just listen to all of our spoilers, I feel bad for saying that, but it's all good. I uh, hope you have a great rest of your week. We'll be back next time. <sighs> I can't wait for the next episode. See you. Can't wait to see my big time hero, Holston Becker. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs>